0: Welcome back to PuckCast with Statsman and AJ, RotoWire's fantasy hockey show. Hello, friends. I'm Paul Bruno coming to y- you from Southern Ontario, and you can follow me at Statsman22. My co-host, as always, is AJ Shoals, a great follower, AJ Shoals24, based in another hockey mat area in the USA, specifically Sun-Perry, Wisconsin, very close to RotoWire wire headquarters over in Madison. AJ, off the top today, we have a couple of guys that are looking for new work because two goal uh, coaches were fired last week. I think it's a terrible time of year to lose your job. And uh, a couple of teams just saw fit to carry on their business uh, without uh, the holiday season in the background and looking at their circumstances. We'll get into that for a minute, but I feel bad for Craig Berube over in St. Louis. He leaves with a Stanley Cup ring after joining the club in 2019 and leading them immediately to a surprise Stanley Cup win. So at least he goes with some some silverware. But uh, DJ Smith was uh, relieved of his duties in Ottawa. Jacques Martin comes in as the interim coach, and Daniel Alfredson as a new assistant coach. They're they're going back to their roots here, and I don't know that it's going to do them any good. One of the bigger disappointments in the NHL, the Ottawa Senators. Uh, St. Louis is a club that really was expected to be middle of the pack, and that's exactly where they are. So really firing the coaches on both those situations, kind of not unexpected, but just the timing of it bothers me a little bit.
1: Well, I think the most interesting one is the Ottawa firing. Like they brought in, I think it was December 6th, they brought in Jacques Martin as like a special advisor to the the coaching staff to try and maybe help things get better. Uh, and then they gave that all of two weeks to see if that would work out with DJ Smith and then just fired Smith. Um, I think a lot of Ottawa fans probably will be excited about the fact that Daniel Alfredson is going to be – Uh, behind the bench with the team as an assistant there. And look, Jacques Montan will fix, you know, one of their biggest problems. They're seventh worst in the league right now in goals allowed per game at 3.42. Very much a defensive specialist in a lot of ways. Um, Not that he can't be a good all-around coach, but that is kind of his key there. And so he will, uh, I'm confident, he will help address that situation uh for them and and maybe shore up the defense a little bit and uh yeah we'll see where it goes from there but i agree probably feels like this could have waited like another two weeks maybe
0: (laughs) or do it two weeks ago i mean the situations for these teams was not going to change around christmas time and it just kind of sucks in in uh, the smith and berube households that they're having to deal with this mind you i don't think that Craig Berube is going to be unemployed any longer than he wants to be. DJ Smith has bounced around a little bit and may have a little bit harder time getting another gig, but I could see him joining a staff as an assistant coach. That's where he started in Toronto. So uh, I wish them both well and uh, two good guys that uh, lose their gigs right now. That's that's a bit of a tough circumstance. AJ, you know what? Uh, we, have, uh, we have a few the different quirks in, the, in our programming. But I would be remiss if I didn't review Saturday's hockey game. I understand you missed it, uh, the game between our two teams. So it, I got to say, it got me in the Christmas spirit, pal, with all the ringing of goalposts the Leafs hit that night. You may not have noticed that because I think you were not, not able to see the game. But in that 7 nothing beatdown, it reminded me of an old classic movie, The Bells of St. Mary's. As lopsided as the score was, the Leafs hit five goalposts, and it could have been a lot worse, my friend.
1: Yeah, uh, I've never been so uh, so happy to have something else going on. We actually had a Christmas party that we were hosting, uh, so I didn't have the game on, and and that was a blessing in disguise to have to miss, <laughs> miss that game. Uh, fortunately, they bounced back last night, got a win, my Penguins. But, uh, yeah, that one was embarrassing. I don't think there's <laughs> any way else to describe that one. I don't think the guys on the team would describe it any differently. Uh, that was an embarrassing performance.
0: Well, I'm not going to go on and on and belabor that game. I was tempted to do a full hour on, the, on that particular game, breaking <laughs> it down for you, but I'll, I'll take some pity on, on Penn's fans, you included, and uh, know that my day may come. So uh, you owe me, you owe me one if, if the next time they get together, the Penguins beat down the Leafs. So <laughs> let's <laughs> leave it enough. at that. Let's leave it at that. AJ, you know what? We've been doing a, a quick uh, look at the a division a week uh, but now that we're in the pre-christmas mode and and this will be our last show until the new year i thought we'd take a snapshot of all four divisions as they stand right now and uh, i'll uh, we'll alternate i'll take a look at the atlantic division now and then you follow with the metro and we'll go back go through back and forth through the four loops but uh in the atlantic division the bruins continue as they have for years decades almost surprising me when i thought that they would take a turn for the worse they have tre- more than treaded water. They're at the top of the loop here, five points ahead of my Maple Leafs. still Toronto does have a game in hand at the top of the division, but Florida and Detroit both sagging a little bit of late, uh, hang- hanging around the 500 mark in uh, season to date. So uh, the Leafs right now, the hottest team in the league with uh, only one loss in their f- regulation loss the last 14 games. So I've been quite enjoying that run, but the Pan- Panthers and Red Wings not keeping face and the Lightning really showing the wear of losing several key pieces over the last few years also flagging so i think the top is just destined to be a two team race if uh, i read it right boston and toronto and then florida detroit and tampa will be mixing it up for a couple of playoff spots there maybe all three if if the metro sags a little bit but the canadians sabers and senators all failing to make that next step. Buffalo may be the most surprising. I thought that they would be ready to challenge for a spot, but I think we can safely say none of those three teams is going to go anywhere near a playoff spot. So I guess there's three three tiers in this division, and I'm happy that my club's in the top one.
1: Well, over in the Metropolitan, I, I think the top and the bottom are probably the least surprising here. Uh, you got the Rangers at the top of the Metro. You got Columbus at the bottom. Uh, the middle the middle six here are separated by just six points. You've got the Flyers in second with 37 points all the way down to my Penguins, unfortunately, seventh with 31 points. But that six goal difference, you know, that's just a couple of games can be made up. Uh, the Capitals are sitting fifth right now, but they've got two games in hand, three if you compare them to the Carolina Hurricanes who are just ahead of them. So they could certainly move their way up. I think the most surprising one to be towards the bottom of this list is probably the New Jersey Devils. Expectations high for them, but again, you know they're they're three points off a playoff spot. That's not that far, uh, not far to go. They've got a game in hand against the Islanders, who are sitting in that third playoff spot. So this one figures to be a dogfight up until uh, the end. I think uh, I would be surprised if we see anything. You know, anybody catch the Rangers or anybody fall uh towards the Columbus Blue Jackets. This is going to be a middle middle battle in this uh division. In the Central Division, AJ, I think we really got it right in our preseason picks.
0: Uh, we kind of thought that Dallas and Colorado would duke it out for the top spot. They're tied right now, although Dallas has a game in hand on uh, the Avs. So that race should go down to the wire. But a surprise contender right in the mix with them is the Winnipeg Jets, uh point behind those two clubs and they have a game in hand on Colorado as well. So what looked to be a, only a two team race to us, it looks like it could be a three teamer and uh, who knows if the predators get a little hotter, they might be in the mix too, but I, I relegate them to the middle ground here and uh, they, they will be in the hunt for a wild card spot. I think if they can continue their current trajectory, the surprise team in this division, finally taking a step in the positive direction of the Arizona coyotes may also be a contender, but after that, you know, we saw the, the Blues kind of raise the the white flag early with this coaching change. They're barely above 500, and they're going to be battling Minnesota and Chicago in the bottom part of that division. The Hawks uh, starting to really stumble a little bit, and they're nine points even behind Minnesota right now. So they'll be in the hunt for uh, a high draft pick again this season, maybe uh, looking for a teammate for Connor Connor Bedard that could be another headliner down the road, but... Uh, Again, another three-tier loop, and the cream of the crop is as expected.
1: Over in the Pacific, the surprise uh, continues to be Edmonton. They've played significantly better, uh, eight and two in their last ten games. But you just have to wonder: uh, Did they dig themselves too far of a hole to start uh, the season? They're still uh, eleven points off the third uh, third spot here in the Pacific Division. Now, as far as the wild card goes, they're not as uh, in as bad of a position here. Uh, just uh, looks like just about five points behind the Arizona Coyotes for that spot. But certainly uh, wouldn't have expected them at this point in the season to be sitting sixth. Uh, obviously, Anaheim and San Jose are below them. No shockers there. Uh, Vancouver playing up a little bit, I think, A lot of people, ourselves included, probably had them four or five, maybe fighting for a playoffs uh, wildcard spot here. Instead, they're uh, keeping pace with the Vegas Golden Knights right at the top of this group. Uh, And so, yeah, there's some interesting battles to be had here. Uh, Calgary and Seattle, both in the mix, probably more for wildcard spots than to really challenge, I think, at least the Kings. And then you have to see what Edmonton does. Do they have enough time left, I think is the question. AJ, we reach a critical juncture in the NHL schedule
0: from the point of view of fantasy poolies. We kind of uh, all know where our team is slotted right now. Our teams are slotted right now and what possibilities might be down the road. But there's a lot of help in the free agency portions of of our leagues. And so today we're going to really highlight a lot of players that can help you uh, right your wrongs Uh, by the way they've been going recently. So when we take a look at the forwards, Defense and goalies today. You're not going to hear about those that are 99% owned. We're going to focus on those that are uh, very much available in most leagues out there. When we look at the uh, the hot performers of late, I'll kick us off with a look in the forward section, where Igor Serengovich of Calgary is uh, the top producer, who is on a relatively low ownership, only 30% owned. He got 51.2 fantasy points last week on the heels of five goals and one helper 13 shots on goal this guy it's not the first time this guy has logged a lot a lot of offensive numbers he's he was doing that in new jersey earlier on his career and uh, has picked up the slack a little bit for a calgary club that's trying to be relevant in the pacific division so he's doing his part there right behind him blake coleman also with calgary uh, number two on the list here 39.4 fantasy points 40 percent owned, two goals and three helpers 11 shots on goal for him then uh, you mentioned Anaheim uh, in your thumbnail on that Pacific division. Adam Henrique is a guy who's had trouble staying healthy, but he has value as a two-position guy in, in these fantasy leagues, just like, like the other two guys I mentioned. So there's value there. He's only 7% owned, but this veteran picked up four goals on seven shots last week, blocked seven shots as well, doing it at both ends of the ice. So there's the three headliners that uh, are at the top of our list. Uh, why don't you dig a little deeper and tell us about some more names at the forward position that could help our our listeners?
1: Yeah, the first one I'll point out, uh, Jonathan Druin coming in at just 5% ownership, a decent week, a goal and three assists. Uh, I think what's important to note here is, as of right now, with with how they shuffled things around with Kale McCarr being out for the power play units here, Druin is getting time with that number one power play unit, uh, in fact, played over six minutes per game in, in their last game or over six minutes of ice time in their last game. So that's got him out there with Devin Taves, Nathan McKinnon, Michushkin and, and Rantanen. Uh, and I think that's really going to help him whether that carries forward into, you know, when they uh, get McCarr back, how much, you know, you look at his minutes, they have been pretty high with the the man advantage. He's got points in three straight games. So really uh, a very good week for him, and I think possibly a sign of things to come. He started the year really rough, uh, no goals in his first 10 games with just one assist, had a similar goal slump for uh, much of the open part of December, and that's going to factor into why he's only 5% owned, um, but certainly I think a player uh, to keep an eye on there. Additionally, Zach Benson for the Buffalo Sabres, another player just 3% owned, He's been getting an extended look with Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck on that first line. He's seen uh, some power play minutes there as well. And again, bit of a slow start to December for him as well. Um, But I would expect overall, you're going to see plenty of opportunities from him. I think the only question you want to monitor is if the uh, pending return of Jack Quinn uh, changes things up. As of right now, it's not going to, but again, it's going to be Quinn's first game after dealing with a long-term Achilles injury. Once he gets going more, it's possible Benson drops off, so just something to keep an eye on. But I think as of right now, if you really are looking for help, um, he should be available in most leagues out there, and I would consider targeting him as well.
0: You know, AJ, I lament the Bruins' continued success and there are a couple of key ingredients that uh, make it so again this year. Their power play is is running wild. And uh, one of the guys in the middle of that mix is James Van Riemsdyk, who has always been a power play uh, expert. And last week, no exception, one goal, three helpers, two power play points uh, among his stat line. He's only 9% owned. But he's always getting a lot of good offensive situations with the Bruins, it seems, this year. When I've watched him, and he looks like he's uh, rejuvenated by that opportunity. And they're a little nicked up in the middle of the ice. So he's going to get a little more ice time with one of their top six forwards out and uh, picking up some of that slack. Morgan Gigi is another guy that get, is getting more looks despite his only 4% ownership. Here's a guy who played, who's played upwards of 18 minutes a game for the Bees. Has two power play points among the two goals and one assist that he logged last week. And uh, again, a two position guy with some value, sneaky good value on a Bruins team that continues to confound me. I don't know if I've ever seen a bad Boston team in my lifetime. And uh, this was one year when I thought they'd take a precipitous turn for the worst, but they're not. They're right at the top of the division. These are two names and reasons why. Uh, Looking around the league. Uh, There are a couple of Red Wings guys of note while the team is starting to sag a little bit. Michael Rasmussen and Joe Valeno are pulling uh, on the rope hard and uh, they each logged 31.10 fantasy points last week and uh, are playing significant minutes for a Red Wings club club that has taken a bit of a positive step in their uh, trajectory as a a growing team uh, of uh, some significance. And so those guys each logged three points as well last week and our credible additions. If you're looking for offensive help, AJ.
1: Well, take us over to uh, some of the defensemen that are at the top. Uh, the most notable here, Connor Timmins, for your uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, just 2% owned, but getting uh, a, a pretty good run right now. He's got points in five straight games, seeing some opportunities with the power play that could go away. Uh, TJ Brody is expected to play tonight after missing the last game, although Brody's not really a power play guy. Could just low, generally lower Connor Timmins' minutes, uh, so something to keep an eye out there. Uh, and then Jake McCabe for Toronto as well. Uh, he had four points this last week. Look, it's probably a little bit of a boost uh, for them being up top here when you factor in a 7 nothing drubbing was on on – uh, the table there, but McCabe also has points in four straight games. So the the Toronto uh, blue line putting in some work right now. Uh, Will Borgen for Seattle, another name, just 3% owned there, uh, up near the top of, of our low ownership guys this past week. He not much of a goal uh, threat here. He, in fact, hasn't scored at all. Uh, he has multiple games with no shots. Uh, in fact, out of his last nine games, uh, seven of those, I believe, ha- he didn't record a shot. So you're really banking on those assists. You need to be in a league that factors in hits and blocks. Those are slightly higher numbers for him. Uh, so, you know, again, as I say every week, pay attention to your scoring settings here.
0: You know what? In Colorado, they are without Kale McCarr the last two games. And a couple other defensive have picked up the offensive slack and they're not even named Devin Taves who is their primary option aside from uh, their uh, name recognition star on the blue line. Jack Johnson and Sam Malinsky each chipped in. Johnson with two points, Malinsky with three. Neither one of them considered a long-term helping hand and it's reflected in their ownership. One percent for Johnson and Sam Malinsky, but they're up near the top of our list. I've been waiting for Alexander Romanoff to take the next step in his development. We might be seeing it, folks. 22 minutes a game is uh, something that he's not unaccustomed to, and that's kind of the average over the last four. Got a goal and an assist. He's a guy that uh, is more noted for defensive and physical play, 11 hits and six block shots, but he did manage six shots on goal in, in addition to the two points last week, so worth a look. St. Louis, I've mentioned their veteran blue liners time and time again. Colton Pareco seems to be the guy that's getting more Uh, production of late and leading the veteran core back there with two points on five shots six hits six block shots as well he's averaging 23 minutes a game getting some looks on the power play as well is a bit of a change for his profile so might be a consideration with the blues there and then uh, look at a guy like nicholas Hagen, vegas they've been racked ravaged by injuries on on the blue line here's a guy with 10 shots on goal in three games this past week averaging 22 minutes a game only has one point to show for it but as long as the other guys are out he's going to get more offensive zone starts than he was accustomed to uh, known as more of a defensive specialist on this club and uh, one final name i'll mention before throwing it back to you is another one of those St. Louis guys that have been drumming, uh, banging the drum for Tori Krug. This guy is a couple of years removed from being a, the ace of the Boston Bruins defense, and uh, he gets a lot of power play looks for, for St. Louis. He got three assists, six shots last week, so might be a consideration if you think that the new coach bump could be a factor
1: with St. Louis. And then uh, I'll round out Paul, take us over to the netminders. Uh, The one that probably stands out on this low ownership list for me the most is Martin Jones. He's going to be getting the start tonight, so certainly factor that into your decisions. He's won uh, three straight games. This will be the first time he plays in consecutive games this season, so uh, definitely something to keep an eye out there, but 38-save shutout performance against the Penguins, that'll earn you a second start uh, every single time. The other name to consider is uh, Alex Nedeljkovic for the backup for the Penguins. He's played pretty well uh, of late. And so that could earn him a a little bit more uh, opportunities. He started uh, last night against Minnesota. He did have a a rather disappointing relief appearance against your Leafs after Jari got pulled. Um, But if you factor those things in, we could see a few more games down the stretch for uh, Nedeljkovic there as well. So, couple names to consider. Uh, I don't mean to highlight just our teams there, Paul, but uh, those are guys that you have to take a look at.
0: Well, and you mentioned Martin Jones. I'm thinking back to earlier this season when he was actually put on waivers by the Leafs because they had no choice with the other two vet uh, experienced goalies that were not eligible to go through waivers without likely being claimed. And I'm surprised he wasn't snapped up. And right now he's paying big dividends for for my Leafs and Couldn't be happier for him and uh, our team's fortunes here. Uh, In terms of other goalies of note, Joey Decord has been up all season with Seattle, but now he's getting a bit of a run in the nets there for a team that's kind of underperformed, but he appeared in three games last week, won two of them and only had three goals against while uh, turning aside 81 shots. So he led our uh, uh, second tier of goalies, if you will, with 54.6 fantasy points last week. And that's a total... uh, Every goalie would envy in fantasy play. Samuel Erson has been a a factor in the Philadelphia Nets. Who knew that he was going to be playing a big role? I thought Carter Hart would finally grab this role and play the lion's share of games. But again, injuries and subpar performance kind of hampering him. Instead, Erson steps in, gets himself two wins last week uh, in the three starts that he made and 44.4 points results. We're we're hoping that uh, Jacob Markstrom can come back sooner rather than later in Calgary, but in his stead, we expected Daniel Vladar to play a lot, and he certainly did. He grabbed three starts last week. The results kind of mixed with one win and 10 goals against, but 93 saves in those outcomes. If uh, saves are a factor in your pools, this guy's gonna be faced with a lot of shots. Similarly to him with Jake Ottinger's injury, Scott Wedgwood figures to get a lot of work in the next little while, Uh, and and he's a, a guy that's a very capable backup he put in two starts last week got one win and uh six goals against 55 shots on a team that is at the top of their division so he won't hurt you in the short term if you're looking for help in the nets aj so that's our look at the uh, players that could help you in uh, in terms of what they did last week and in terms of a look ahead let's let's consider the most added players in the past seven days aj why don't you take a, a look at some of the names on this list
1: Yeah, we'll start. uh, One name that it seems like we're saying every week he continues to climb up the rankings is Mikael Grandland uh, has just uh, really just continued to uh, provide, you know, good, good numbers. And, uh, you know, I think more and more uh, people are are targeting him. You look at those numbers, he's got uh, five multi multi-point games in his last eight contests. Uh, The shots on goal rate is is pretty decent here. So I would expect that to continue to climb. Uh, One uh, more surprising one is Blake Coleman up from just 3.5% last week to 19.2% now. Uh, Well, when you're on a a seven-game point streak in which you've put up four goals and five assists, your name's going to show up on the top added players. So (laughs) pretty straightforward there. Um, I'm probably more surprised that his ownership was was that low. I mean, there's maybe the slow start to the season, just three points in his first eleven games. But you know, since then, you're looking at 19 points in 21 games. So I'm I'm kind of surprised it's taken this long uh, to get him up that list a little bit more. Um, and then uh, another player approaching kind of the halfway mark is Gabe Velarde. Obviously missed plenty of time due to injury, um, but his numbers look really good. Nine points in 11 games this season. Uh, Again, you could maybe factor in a slow start first four games back from, from a long-term injury had just one assist, but he's got four, uh, five goals rather in his last five games had three assists over that stretch as well. Um, So if he's available in your league, I don't know how much longer he will be. Like I said, that, uh, you know, ownership percentage sitting about 41% right now, that's going to continue to climb very quickly.
0: AJ, I want to take a look at three players that are really taking advantage of opportunities provided them first Nikolai Ehlers with Winnipeg playing top minutes there and his ownership spiked by 9%. In the absence of Kyle Connor, this is the next best sniper on the wings that they offer. And so he's going to get a lot of power play time and uh top, high leverage minutes ozone starts all coming his way for a guy who's uber skilled and i can't believe his ownership is that low so if he's available i think you run out and and pick him up right now even take a minute away from listening to the show that's how important that pickup could be similarly in
1: carolina look this people team- can just pause the show paul they can they can pause it and come back i suppose unless you're watching us live um but yeah you you can just pause it come on back in just a minute after after you listen to paul there <laughs> <laughs> and uh, similarly cast as Pyotr
0: Ch- Kachetkov in Carolina. Uh, they've had a couple of goalies uh, go down uh, and uh, not playing well uh, is the other thing with Ranta. He went on rave waivers this week. So Kachetkov's stock should be on the rise only only in 35% of leagues for a for a team that should have been should be among the contenders in the in the overall NHL standings, I think the best is yet to come for Carolina. And but K- Kachekov is well positioned there. Lawson Kraus is a guy who's getting more uh, publicity. I think now that Arizona is playing a little bit better, and he's their top power winger and a fact big factor on their power play. His ownership is creeping up steadily. It's still seventy point five percent, which means that almost thirty percent of leagues don't have him on the, an active roster and that's a bit of a crime considering the numbers he he's put up so far this season and one final name I'll mention another guy whose ownership is in the 70s but should be a little bit higher in my opinion Brock Nelson for the Islanders really carrying the mail offensively this is a guy who scores more than he sets up plays in the middle of the ice but having another fine year for the Islanders who are kind of making noises about wanting to be a contender in that division. So lots of uh, upward mobility for for you if you take a look at these and other names that Rotowire does provide access to in uh, in a number of uh, different analytics that we uh, share with our, our uh, readers and listeners. Now let's take a look at the most dropped players and injury news from around the league, AJ. And uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of players that that are their fortunes are not going well. But uh, I'll I'll talk about a couple of injury concerns. In Carol- Columbus, they are really struggling offensively, and they're missing Boone Jenner, and his ownership's still somewhere in the high 60s. I don't know how, because he's going to be out for a little while, and you're going to need a replacement if he's on your roster. That's a terrible blow for the Jackets. Uh, in a similar vein, but not quite so serious, Pavel Zaka of the Bruins is on the IRAJ, and his ownership is really flagging. 23.8% is how far down it's gone. I don't know the extent of his injury, how long-term it is, but uh, boy. Well, the...
1: I'll toss to that right now. Pavel Zaka is going to play tonight for Boston, so he'll be back uh, tonight. Uh, looks like he'll be in a first-line role with uh, Marshawn Pasternak, so expect those numbers to climb up next week. Well, all the more reason for you to play this
0: guy and use him in your leagues. Twenty-three point eight percent ownership is where he currently sits, and he's getting that first-line plumb assignment. So that screams: uh, pause the show again and, and grab him if you can. Patrick Liney, Columbus, and again, suffering a blow with this guy. I was at the game where he injured his collar and uh, is is out of the lineup for several weeks, and that's a terrible blow to this club that is offensively starved. So two key components on the sidelines and his ownership will drop precipitously from the 52.4 that it shows right now. Mason McTavish continues to be sidelined in Anaheim. When he first went down, they were saying day-to-day. And the 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 information has really been cloudy since then. He's listed still as day-to-day, but it's been a few weeks and his ownership's still somehow over 60%. I say, you know what, you got to cut bait here and get a replacement even though this guy could be a significant player for this club, but we don't know when he's coming back and uh, I'm tired of waiting, quite frankly. So I did
1: cut bait. Looking at the the rest of uh, some of this list here, you know, it's, it's some of the obvious ones. Uh, Brian Russ was just shifted to LTIR uh, yesterday to make way for Ricard Raquel, who's back from injury. So obviously Rust uh, won't be back until January uh, big blow for the Penguins there. Jonas Brodine is on IR. Those names, uh, not surprising to see on this list here. Uh, Jeff Skinner, uh, also uh, on IR, has been deemed day-to-day. Not going to play quite yet tonight, um, but he's trending in the right direction. Uh, could return possibly before we get to that Christmas break here. Um, so there, there's some positive news on him. Obviously there's a reason that 73% of people are, are still holding on to him. I would expect that to continue there. Um, as I mentioned, Ricard Raquel back in the lineup for the Penguins, that was a, a boost to their top six, although he hasn't scored yet this season. So I don't know how much of a boost it really will be. That's just me pontificating. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, Freddie Anderson uh, is going to start skating soon. They said he's still about a month away from returning uh, as a way to address that after they sent Antti Ranta down to the minors. They do have Aaron Dell with the team right now on a uh, professional tryout just to see what he can offer. Um, But yeah, a bit of a surprise move that Ranta was shifted down to the minors. Surprised not to see his name on this most drop list, although perhaps uh, just not enough people owned him to begin with to be a factor here. Andrei Sveshnikov could be an option uh, tonight. That's another injury, potentially injury return. Saw a bit of a dip on this list, 6% uh, week to week in terms of ownership, but he could be back in the lineup tonight. I'm
0: looking at Sean Dursey's conditioning uh, situation. He's got with a lower body injury and deemed out for tonight's action, but I think he's going to be back in the lineup soon. And this is a guy that you should consider adding because of the opportunity. He could become instantly the power play linchpin uh, quarterback, if you will, for the club, but when he gets healthy. So maybe a bit of a stash situation there. Uh, Simon Nemec is a guy who was afforded the same opportunity in New Jersey. It hasn't really worked out very well for him and his ownership dipped. That's because Luke Hughes has kind of picked up the bit in uh, Dougie Hamilton's absence and and snatched that role away. Uh, Toivo Terevainen is a guy who, whose ownership is lower than I think it should be. A guy who should uh, get continue to get top six minutes in Carolina. I look for this team's fortunes to turn around, so I'm surprised his ownership still sits at only 50.7% for a guy who should be logging uh prime time minutes offensive zone starts and key power play minutes for this club as well so th- those are some of the names that we think we can we can help you with if, if you are looking for assistance on injury depleted rosters or underperforming situations within your fantasy league uh, league teams and uh, we urge you to take a look at rotowire's resources in that vein uh, we do a bit of a snapshot every week and i'll take the minute now to tell you that we do a great job aj's central to this in terms of keeping the lineups up to date we get access to all the people that are really keeping a close eye on these teams and get the best information that we can out there in terms of injury situations. so when you look at our daily lineup tabs you're going to see uh, designations for injury and whether the guys have resumed skating or how long they're going to be out as best as we can tell. And I don't think there's a better resource out there in fantasy hockey land, AJ, than the work that you and, and the team do in that regard. So a tip of the hat to you and, and uh, the rest of the guys that look after this.
1: Yeah. I'll just add real quick there, Paul, that uh, the best way to really try out the site, there are certainly some free pages available on the site, but not all of them are obviously. Uh, So the best way to try that out is to go to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash pod. Set you up with a two-day trial of the site. Uh, And you can see all of our tools there. Uh, We've mentioned some of it before. Starting goalies, latest injury uh, updates. Uh, We've got various stats if you need them. Articles for DFS. Uh, We've got a new launched feature for sites like prize picks or DraftKings' uh, pick six option there so a ton of tools available on the site best way to know if that's something that you need for your team which paul and i certainly think it is uh is to go to rotowire.com pod and check out that two-day trial
0: well uh, this is a good spot for us to take a bit of a break i kind of blew through the scheduled one i guess aj and uh, so we'll do that now you're listening to podcast with statsman and aj we'll be back All right, we're back. You're listening to Paul Bruno and AJ Shoals on Rotowire's signature fantasy hockey program, the PuckCast with Statsman and AJ. And we turn our attention to tonight's 11-game slate as as we try to put together our best advice in DraftKings and FanDuel DFS play. AJ, I'm looking forward to seeing how you've got it drawn up for this busy slate.
1: Yeah, for me, it's a heavy lean into a couple of teams tonight. uh, And that starts with the Colorado Avalanche. They are on the road, but they're facing Chicago. Um, Usually a a decent opportunity to get some points. And I'm going to go big right off the bat. I'm going to pay up. I'm going to go with Nathan McKinnon, $9,800. Pretty expensive amount to spend. Second most expensive player on the slate. Just $100 behind Matthews. Well, uh, non-goalie Uh, second most expensive, I should say. Actually, no, that's uh, incorrect. He's uh, more expensive than even the goalies tonight. So Nathan McKinnon, 9,800. That's how I'm starting it off here. Uh, I will uh, add some more pieces. I'll talk about those in a second. My other center going to go with Taze Thompson for Buffalo tonight. Another expensive piece, 7,300 here, but the Sabres are playing at home. Taze Thompson on that top line, I think uh, capable of really producing I mentioned him earlier in the show. Zach Benson is just 3,500. He's playing with Tage Thompson in that group. Uh, I think a good opportunity to capitalize on a good matchup tonight. I also talked about Jonathan Druin uh, playing on the number one power play with Nathan McKinnon. He comes in at 3,500. So a couple buy high, buy low guys here from uh, Colorado and Chicago to open up my lineup here. For uh, my next winger, I went with Uh, Kuzmenko for Vancouver 3700 is the price tag for him a bit of a slump now I I fully acknowledge that but Kuzmenko does have plenty of shots in his last uh, couple of games so I think there's an opportunity for that to turn around here Um, you know he's getting a a look with the number one power play unit uh, two goals in his last four games low price tag guy I I think he's worth uh, taking a look at here for my utility spot, I use another member of the Colorado uh, group here, Ross Colton, 4,100 for him. Again, uh, second line assignment right now, playing with Druin, so I'm kind of, he's not on the number one power play, but he's with Druin, five on five, so I'm kind of taking, you know, pieces that that kind of connect to Druin. Now, Colton is on the second power play group. He does have three points in his last four games, uh, so a good option there. On the blue line, I'm going to go with Noah Dobson off, off the hop Uh, 7,200 here for the Islanders, Uh, a good spot for him. I think worth paying up for Dobson tonight Uh, has several multi-point games in his last uh, four, three to be exact, Uh, not a lot of goals. So something to consider, Uh, but in his last 10 games, 16 helpers and still 24 shots. So a decent floor on shots there as well for Dobson. And then Jordan Spence for LA. It is a good night to use some LA Kings. I wanted to use a little bit more, um, but just not the way the the lineup built out. Here's the thing. Spence, no points in his last seven games, fully acknowledging that, but the power play minutes continue to be there. You look at his last, uh, last five games. He put 12 shots on goal, low price tag at just 2,600 and they're facing the sharks. So, I think it's a good opportunity to potentially get, you know, maybe a helper out of Spence. Definitely probably going to get a handful of shots. And at 2,600, you're not asking for much. Uh, in the nets, I'm going to go with uh, basically the Boston netminder. Haven't seen confirmation, but the way they rotate, you can feel pretty confident that Linus Omar will get to start tonight. Going to use him for 8,300. Minnesota coming off a loss last night. Uh, they're on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, their star players have underwhelmed a little bit lately, uh, specifically, you know, right at the the top of the lineup there with um, Kirill Kaprasov. Numbers have been disappointing. Matt Zuccarello is questionable. Uh, so I think a good opportunity to use Omar or Swayman uh, in the Nets tonight.
0: And for me, AJ, I'm looking at the way I pulled this team together, and I'm leaning on a couple of clubs more than others, so I'll go through it and see how you like it. But Charlie Coyle is one of my centers. I thought that he might get the first-line minutes, but because of Zaka's situation that you pointed out, he's still going to be a second-line center. They're very thin behind those two guys, so I expect both of them to play a ton. and, And Coyle will get his share of offensive zone starts and certainly be on the power play there, so I like the matchup and I think Minnesota is going to be really leaning on the trying to shut down the top line so that should help Coyle get some better matchups as well so for six thousand dollars I think a good value play there Nico Heisher of the Devils at slots in at six thousand dollars he is the second line center behind Jack Hughes who's on a tear but he has been on a pretty good run he's missed a few games so his stats are a little bit uh, lower than you might expect if you just look. Take a look at the 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 stat line, but based on points per game, he's right where he needs to be. Three goals, two helpers in the last five games, and he faces Philadelphia. And what shapes up is a pretty key divisional matchup here uh, with the Devils at home. Then uh, I go over to the wing and I look at. Valerie Nachushkin, he's been on a real tear for Colorado, and he cost $7,500. I think he's the most offensive player uh, tied with one other guy uh, on my list tonight. And he faces a Chicago club that's heading in the wrong direction while he's playing well. Six points in his last four starts as left winger on the top line with Ranton and McKinnon. That great spot for Nachushkin tonight. Alex Tuck returned to the Buffalo Sabres lineup three games ago. This guy's the heartbeat of the Sabres club, and they face that depleted Columbus lineup. Uh, he, get, he comes in at $6,800. He's the team's spark plug, and uh, I think he's going to be a lo- in line for a lot of high leverage offensive zone starts as well as power play time. So like that matchup against the, the sagging Jackets. I mentioned Colorado's situation with Kale McCarr out of the lineup. That means Devin Tave steps into the breach as a power play quarterback. Against that Chicago club, a solid matchup for Colorado. Could, in fact, be a points night there. They could run up a big score. So I got two Avalanche players poised to take advantage of that. In uh, New Jersey, they've been looking for a consistent replacement in the absence of Dougie Hamilton there. AJ and Luke Hughes seems to have stepped into that role. For $4,600, I get a guy who's going to be their top offensive defenseman for the foreseeable future. And he's against Philadelphia tonight in that key matchup. And I like this spot for him at that low price tag. Next, I go to Adrian Kempi. And Kempi is a guy who is a a high-shot volume player on the right wing on the top line, gets power play minutes. He's a point-per-game player, and he's facing the San Jose Sharks who are still uh, at the opposite end of the spectrum from the uh, real good L.A. club. So, again, a a very good possibility for a big night for the L.A. Kings, and Kempi should be front and center there. I'm going back to the Bruins' second line for Jake DeBrusque for $4,700 against Minnesota. I think the Wild are overmatched in this one. And like I said, they might spend a lot of resources trying to stave off that top line. Well, the second line for the Bruins is poised for a big night here. So I'll take two of those guys. And in the Nets, I found a cheap value in Vidic Vanasek, who has been in and out of the lineup, the Devils lineup, but went healthy in the last little while on a pretty good run. And uh, only $6,700. I like the win probability for the Devils at home tonight. And this is their top goalie going into the breach against a Philadelphia club that is playing, punching above their weight, I'll say right now. And I think New Jersey beats them back down a, little, a notch in tonight's action. So uh, that said, AJ, we got some news about the All-Star game that I find kind of interesting. It's happening in Toronto in early in the new year. And they've got drummed up a, com- dreamt up a com- competition where they're going to have... 12 skaters, presumably 10, 12 of the top players in hockey competing at eight events, kind of like uh, a Decathlon set up, uh, Decathlon's 10 events. I know yeah, they have the name for the 82, eight uh, but uh, it's going to be a million dollar prize and it should be quite a special event. I think they're going to be put through their paces and I, I think they'll be motivated to get uh, that big check. So I think that's a spectacle worth tuning into. might be a lot better than the game in fact.
1: Yeah, I think they've tried to come up with some fun things. Um, you know, I did enjoy the uh, the kind of competition between the two divisions in the East and the two divisions in the West, um, you know, setting up the the four-team kind of competition. But, uh, you know, anything to try new things, I'm, I'm open to that. I'm not a, uh, you know, purist or if there is such a thing when it comes to all-star games, but... Um, I'm willing to, to really try anything. And I think it'll be an interesting thing to watch. Paul, you get the tickets and, uh, we'll, we'll watch the game. I'll, I'll come on up. <laughs> okay. You put me on the spot here.
0: I'll have to do my best partner, but, uh, <laughs> that takes us into the final, the close of this show. Of course, we want to tell you that we wish all of our listeners, Merry Christmas, seasons, greetings, and a happy new Year to everybody. But a programming note that you should consider and mark down in your calendars. Our next show will not take place next Tuesday. We're done for 2023. We'll be back with you in the first Tuesday of 2024. It's been my my pleasure and AJ's to bring you our show every week. And we look forward to doing that in a new year. We want to thank you all for listening to Rotowire's podcast with Statsman and AJ. With our usual reminder... That we're here to help you with all things related to your enjoyment of fantasy hockey. So we encourage you to send your comments or questions, as always, on Twitter, where you can follow me, Paul Bruno at Statsman22, and you can follow AJ at two, 24 So long, everybody. Merry Christmas and happy holidays.